Thank you so much for coming to the Intuitive Art Show. Today we have an amazing guest, Desiree Bloom. She is a sacred geometry channeler and artist. She's also a healer and just an amazing person. She's someone that I consider a really close friend and it's great because she lives in the same area as me, which doesn't happen very often. So I'm excited for you to get to know her today, to really get to take in her work and um, talk about intuitive art and how it overlaps with sacred geometry. So the first thing I want to do is I want to show you all um, basically how me and Desiree met. And that is through opportunity. <laughs> so we were both at a psychic fair in January in Phoenix, and I had just been doodling and, um, you know, killing time that morning, and I drew this, it's called Opportunity, and then I met her, and I went over to her booth, and she had, what she'll show you in a minute, this template called Opportunity, and we were comparing the energy and the way the lines looked, and it was just really interesting. Um, there's so much depth to her work, and you'll get to see that in a minute, but it was just a cool way to bond over this, you know, this person who had never met. It was also for both of us, our first psychic bear ever. So Desiree, what do you think about that, about how we got, you know, together through art and channeling, uh, especially of the word opportunity? Well, I think it was very synchronistic for sure. <laughs> Um, it was written in the stars for us to be sitting next to each other. As soon as I sat down, I was drawn to you. And um, I was really delighted to be next to an intuitive artist like myself. And um, when you shared your drawing with me, I thought it was amazing because I, I have the opportunity pattern. And that at that time, that's something that I was working with that was helping me break through that fear of being in the psychic fairs and putting myself out there at events and all, because at that point there was still, I was still dealing with some parts of not believing myself, believing in myself and, and out in the public. So, um, so yeah, the opportunity pattern, which I'll show you, um, just kind of, there's a little bit of a glare. I don't know how to, I don't know if you guys are getting that or not. Yeah, we can still see it. Okay. Um, so, the opportunity pattern is all about breaking down barriers of fear and stepping out into the world and doing what you really love to do. And it is about forward motion with the synergy of power, love, and wisdom. And what that means is it's the power, it's the taking, taking steps forward powerfully, but using the knowledge that you've obtained from past lessons, the wisdom, bringing that forward and helping you decide and also taking the compassionate action with that. So it's bringing balance into every action so that it's in absolute love and integrity. Um, so yeah, it, it was, it was really neat that we aligned in that way. Cool. And I know we're going to get some more about you, but I just want to comment on something you said that I, is it really interesting and in that, you know, a lot of people think of opportunities as something that, shows up right like they're waiting for opportunity but what you said is like it's opportunities about kind of moving through or letting go of the fear 
And then there's all sorts of opportunities, right? So it's like, not like we're waiting for opportunity. We're actually waiting for ourselves to kind of claim it by getting through the fear. Right. Those that wait for opportunities are living behind closed doors. And I know that from my personal experience. When the door is open, opportunities are always flowing to us. Some opportunities we cease and other opportunities we may not find as much value in, so we let them pass and maybe we share them with someone else. So we can always pick and choose what opportunities we want to uh, give life to, um, but having the doors open is, is first and foremost. And in order to have the doors open, you have to have a level of love and confidence for yourself to be able to receive that, to know that you're deserving of that. Beautiful. I love that. Okay. So now who are you? Like, you know, I, I don't meet very many truly hyper-conscious people, even online. Like I've got a lot of amazing friends, but you are absolutely plugged in. And every time I speak to you, I, I'm reminded and just your energy is how present you are and how understanding you are of all these dynamics of human life and human emotions and human beings, right? It's really cool. So did you always have that? Is it something that developed for you in life? Like, how did that come to be? <laughs> um, well, yeah, some of it, there's always been, I've always had the foundation. Um, I came in at a very high vibration with very little veils. Um, I was given a message back in 2012 through my own source that I am, well, am a rainbow forerunner and the rainbow children haven't even incarnated yet in our ascension process. So I'm, I'm one of the, I'm, I'm really, really ahead as far as the forerunners go. Um, and so what I was able to see from an early age were the incongruencies in people. They, and, and most kids perceive this, but I was able to really interact with it and I just, it wasn't just something that I observed. I actually, um, I actually moved with it and challenged it. Um, and so what I mean by that is there were often times where someone would say something to me and I'm like, that's not what you're, that's not what you really feel, you know? And, and it was, it was, um, very disconcerting for me. And I really pushed against it for a long time because I came here as a system buster. A lot of us have, right? Um, and so um, I, I've had that. However, I will say there is a portion of that that did shut down when I was younger and I began to submit. And so I, I focused on winning the approval of my family members. Um, but there was a, another larger part of me that always stayed aware of it and really um, I just, there's no way I just couldn't fully conform to it. And so that's the part of me that's always questioned life and that was not afraid to challenge my school teachers. Um, yes, sometimes not always in the most respectful way and other times, yes, it's <laughs> so as I have grown, I've, um, I've refined that part of me. Um, but, um, I always felt very different. 
And from, I remember being eight years old and I was sitting on the couch and I was crying and I was actually sobbing. And my mom asked me what I was crying about. And I was crying because I just didn't want to be here because this world felt so boring to me, which is unbelievable for an eight-year-old to feel. Um, and I always knew where I was going to live as an adult and, and I was going to, you know, in another state. And um, there were things that I always knew. And I just was so, um, I was so unsettled with the fact that that wasn't happening at that point. And I didn't understand what, what was, I thought there was something wrong with me because I just felt like things in this world were upside down. And I thought, well, maybe I'm the crazy one, you know, and uh, um not to imply that everybody is crazy, but uh, some of the conditioning here is a bit confusing. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I remember when my mom asked me what was wrong, she kept asking me, she was really concerned, and I made up a story. And, you know, I told her, you know, the, the school that I was at, the, uh, one of the, the staff members had recently passed away, so I told her it was his death that I was mourning. And, you know, so these things always went on. Um, so I, but it was just odd things that I remember doing. I remember playing around with alchemy when I was a kid. And I, there was one moment where I said, I promised myself that I would remember this moment forever and I would never, ever forget it. And I was three years old and I was standing on the front porch of my grandparents' house and I was holding a ring and I still remember it to this day. And I remember making that decree. So there were these things that I would do where I would, um, play with stopping time and freezing people and going back in time. So this was, that's what my world looked like when I was younger. Very cool. And I think it's really common too for kids to make up stories because they don't want to tell their parents why they're really upset. I uh, refused to go to school when I was in second grade and I just wouldn't go and wouldn't go. And of course I told them I had a stomach ache and all this stuff, but I just, I couldn't do it. It was just not in my alignment to do that. It was like to the point where I was going to have to stay back if I kept skipping school. But yeah, we knew, man, we knew as kids, this just wasn't, it's not, this is not how we're normally doing it. (laughs) So what was it like to start, I guess, reawakening as you got older and, and bring us also to the point where just before you were signing up for that psychic fair, like starting to do your own work, how did that come into play? Okay. Well, going back a little bit to give a little bit of a background on the sacred geometry. When I was a kid, I was, there was a period of time. It was, it was several years that it went on for where I didn't play with toys. I wanted graph paper and a pencil and that's it. So my mom just bought me tons of stacks of graph paper. And during that time, what I would do is I would draw these blueprints of homes and then I would get lost in these homes and I would daydream on what my life would be like. And I would, I would heal people here and I'd have animals here. And, um, and I did this for years and I would do it for hours in my room. And, um, And then after a few years, uh, life became a lot more stressful and that part of that magic in me started to shut down. Um, But I realized when I picked up the pencil again back in 2011, when I started drawing sacred geometry, um, I got that old familiar feeling. So 
I guess that's just the way that my brain has always processed. And as an adult, it came out as sacred geometry. So, um, now I guess moving forward, um, my teenage years were very, very difficult for me. I have, I've come in as an ultra sensitive empath. I have, uh, double emotional receptors, um, to the average human. And so my capacity to feel is, is very high, but it, as an, as an adolescent, my goodness, it was torture because my hormones were all over the place and I had major problems with authority. And, um, so I went into addiction and I anesthetized with drinking and drugs for several years. Um, and then, um, eventually I was able to wean myself off in my early twenties. And in doing that, I, put myself into a 10 year chronic illness because letting go of that addiction, I didn't fill that space with something of, with love and, um, with that sense of security and sense of self. So I just, my body just sort of broke down and was showing all of the ways that I was really feeling about myself and about life. And during that time, um, I was in school to be a doctor and, um, I really didn't like a lot of the things that they were teaching. I loved wanting to help people. I knew that I would be a phenomenal healer, but um, they were teaching things that were just, it, it just, it was counterintuitive to me to have a doctor work for a 24 hour shift with no sleep to help instill the health of another. It, it just didn't make sense. Yeah. So I dropped out of school and I had started my, spiritual awakening like I really started to wake up in 2008 when a friend of mine passed away and he came to me and um so that was that's a whole other story that was a very interesting thing for me and gave me a lot of confidence because I relived his accident and in his body and when I went to go to the salvage yard to gather some of his things for my friend um I saw the way that the vehicle was maneuvered and it aligned with everything that I had in my dream the night before when I was in his body. So I could tell, and I found, you know, his belongings and things. So, um, so that was a big boost for me. And I was communicating with him during that time. And, um, so then, you know, I got my first crystals and I just slowly worked up and, um, but in 2010 is when I really became consciously aware of my cosmic aspect I've always been cosmic but I didn't know that I was I didn't know that others weren't so cosmic typically not not everyone um so I moved out to Hawaii when in 2010 and I, I quit school and I decided I'm going to sell everything or give it away and get rid of my car and I'm going to move out to Hawaii with a backpack one backpack and that's it and so I did it. I jumped off the cliff and um, I went out there and I backpacked for a year. And during that time, I really connected with Mother Earth. Um, I started to look at everything in a masculine and feminine aspect during that time. And um, I really, I don't know, it was, it's just fascinating to watch this world interact. And is that immature masculine is that mature is that divine masculine is that you know I was just I was just fascinated with knowing what's what and just um I don't know I don't know why it's just really cool um 
And I opened up to animal medicine at that time. I started having lots of dreams about animals giving me messages. And, and now I'm at a point where I dream about animals uh, a few times a week. So, or they come to me uh, throughout the day. Um, and so, um, how can I shorten this to lead up to the psychic fair? <laughs> um, so... I was drawing the sacred geometry for several years from 2011 um, up until now. Um, and I, by that point, by January of this year, I had already drawn like about 40 or 50 personal blueprints for people. And um, I'd also done several other ones um, that are not for, for people. Um, and I had gotten clients just through word of mouth. Um, but I really didn't put myself out there because I wasn't confident. I was still really in the thick of the chronic illness and I was in a long-term abusive relationship. So during that time I was really, I just didn't have the confidence to move forward. And, um, I started making big changes in my life two years ago and my health really started coming around. And so, um, in January I just got a message um, from spirit. And it was just shit or get off the pot. You know? <laughs> and by the way, there is no getting off the pot. <laughs> and I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I was just so depressed and I was informed that, that I'm one of those people that I could try to commit suicide if I really wanted to and that just wouldn't happen because of what I need to do so I just was like okay well it's kind of time to stop having the pity party and start being human start really enjoying life and having a zest for it and so I just did it I signed up for the psychic fair a week before and I just took the leap and did it and and I had a blast and I've been doing it ever since Awesome. So that was an incredible journey that you took us on. Um, but about the sacred geometry, so you, you picked up the pencil again as an adult and, and you said you just started, but how did they come to you? So you channel these, how does it come to you and how did you know what it was? How do you get the information of what the template is and what it means? Like, Tell us more about that. Um, well, the first one that I did, let me see if I have it here. This is the first one that I drew. You can see that very well. I was, yeah, I have a shirt of that, and I just looked down to see if it was the one I was wearing. <laughs> okay, so this one is Ascension of the Heart, and that one, um, I don't know, I just sat down and I just wanted to draw. And I just felt like drawing geometric. So I, I got templates, you know, like the a compass and um, rulers. And I was, I just, just did it. I just, I really wanted to draw it and it came out and it just, it felt amazing. And I really didn't know what was going on. Um, and it wasn't until like a year and a half later that I figured out that it was something really, really special about it. And actually it wasn't even through my own source. Someone told me, um, I met this woman and, and she said, you know what this is? And I was like, Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> like it's a picture I drew. And she was like, no, she's like, this is the entire Ascension process. 
And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I really started looking into these things, into the patterns. And I, I started sleeping with them and working with them and asking them to help me in different ways. And through that, I had dreams and insights. And I noticed that these prayers, if you will, that I had in working with these templates were being answered. I was getting clarity and direction and all. Um, and then I had people who requested that I draw some for them. And in doing that, they ended up sharing some really profound stories with me as well. And so I guess over time, I just, I was listening to everybody else and my confidence started going up and my vibration was going up and progressively, um, over time, I was getting more and more information with them. Um, I think that's important to note for people because, you know, a lot of people who have their own things to channel and, and do in the world, I think they can often not give themselves enough time to develop that talent, right? Because for you, it didn't happen just overnight. You didn't get all of it in one package you built it up, you built your confidence up, you started seeing that it was interacting with other people and how that was affecting them. So that's really important to know. Yeah, I, I have to say working with the templates, I believe is what really, really shifted things for me in building my confidence and becoming healthier and leaving the abusive relationship and all of that. Um, when I, I receive the images in different ways. So sometimes I will have a dream about it. And on one occasion, I saw one from top to bottom and it was like photographic. Um, that I think only happened once. That's really rare for me. Uh, but usually what I'll get is piecework. I'll see like the, the core part of it. And then I begin to draw it. And then as I'm drawing it, I, I see the whole picture and then I just do it. Um, other times, I don't see it at all, but I feel it. And I can draw through, I can, it's like a, it's like feeling through seeing or seeing through feeling. It's a, it's a hard to explain, but I think there's a lot of intuitives out there that can grasp that. Mm -hmm. um, so like for some of the intuitives that do the healing work where they can see in the body, but they're not seeing with their eyes, they're seeing with their feelings but they know what it looks like only through feeling though. Yeah. Like I, when I have my eyes open and I'm seeing, you know, somebody's aura, I can see the grayish part of it, but I feel the color. Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's similar in that way. And when I draw it, I get into the flow and I also have times where I'll get several different aspects of it and I'll put it down on paper and I, <laughs> it hits me like a ton of bricks when I put, um, when I put part of the design in an area where it's not meant to go, it feels like a rock in my heart and it's very painful until I move it. Um, and so I can't get up and walk away from it at that point because it will weigh on me into the next day. If I don't address it right then and there, I, I just, it, it eats at me. So, uh, so yeah, sometimes I'll get the image, but I don't know exactly how it looks until I start drawing it. Oh, very cool. So it really is intuitive art. Like you're not sitting down, you know, like you said, only once really with the whole thing done already, you're feeling your way through it. Right. Um, yes, absolutely. So, but I did, I have recently discovered that I am the creator of these. 
that I, outside of here in other dimensions, other worlds, I actually um, create templates through alchemy and I do healing with other beings with these. So this is just one of my gifts that I've brought here on earth and I'm able to put it on paper as a human. Beautiful. So what is sacred geometry? Um, Sacred geometry in its, in, in the simplest way to describe it, it's, it's like an evolve. It's, it's like a map to the soul's involvement. Um, and how do I say it? Before anything comes into this reality, it can be found in a sacred geometric form, uh, just like a blueprint for a home before it's built. So when we work with sacred geometry, it harnesses the pure essence of whatever that intention is or whatever, you know, the person, any, it's, it's anything that comes into this world. So it could be anything from a grain of sand to a word, a sound, a color, a flower, a petal on a flower, a name or the person with the name, you know, it's, it's anything. It is in the form of sacred geometry. And um, when we work with sacred geometry, we entrain to its frequencies. And what happens is it unlocks codes in our DNA and that is what activates us. And it also goes into the cells and it clears out cellular trauma. It goes into the subconscious and into the brain. It rewires. It um, rewrites memories from when we were children or other lives where we instilled beliefs that are not of our highest good. Um, it's really profound the way that it works. And it works in perfect sequence and in divine timing and um, it's when someone works with it, it changes their life forever. So, and it continues to work on them. Very cool. Um, I just want to mention too, how you were saying that, you know, you're working multidimensionally with this. And so in one dimension, you're creating these patterns and then kind of passing it down to yourself here on this dimension. And I really, really enjoy that because I work multidimensionally consciously as well. And I know a lot of people listening are, coming into that understanding. And I always talk about how intuitive art, you know, we're really doing that multidimensional healing work because it's, you know, we're bringing that energy down from such a high place. And so I love how our modalities really harness that ability and that power. And I just think that's really cool. So wonderful. Is there anything else you want to say about like the multidimensional aspect of you or your work? Um, with the sacred geometry, I recently this year started embedding the sacred geometry into the subconscious and into various parts of the field and chakras and all. And um, that work is so profound. It It's profound working with the patterns. And what I mean by working with them is meditating with them, sleeping with them under the pillow, maybe just looking at them. But when the template is actually downloaded into a person, the results are are so massive. They are so rapid, um, and they are there to stay. And they're continuously working on that person in in bringing reestablishing harmony and balance. Um, and so, some of the templates when I do my healing work on people, some of the templates, a lot of them I have never drawn before. I just pull them in from the ether. Um, the ones that I have drawn, though, I still can put them in. And so, for my own personal path. What I do is 
I'll draw it. And when I draw it, it's a, it's a healing experience for me and I'll transform and I'll dream about it. When I put it in, it is a totally different experience. And I have now in the past few months, because the more that you work with sacred geometry, the higher your vibration gets, the higher your vibration is, the faster you move through things and it's exponential and it keeps going from there. So now I'm at a point where I go to bed as one person and I, it's like waking up as a new person. All of a sudden it's like, I had this fear yesterday and now I don't have it and I know I'll never have it again. It's, it's, um, it's miraculous what's happening with it. Awesome. I love working with your work. Um, I wear your shirts all the time. I think half of my wardrobe is your shirts and your tank top. Um, and I have several of your patterns. One that, um, I've been working with lately is this lovely one that you gave me during our healing session. And, and yeah, and I just, I love the simplicity of it as well. Like, I think a lot of us right now, and this is fine, we want to understand things, we want to engage our mind, we want to know why something's working or why something doesn't seem to be flowing, but really that's not necessary, you know, like, we don't need that aspect of understanding in order to heal or move forward, and with your work, right, we're just bypassing the mind altogether. Yes, we're viewing it with our eyes, and our mind is taking in what it looks like, but it's just going to work. Like, you know, we don't have to engage the story for it to do its work. So I really enjoy that. Thank you. I do, when I do my healing sessions, I do include a period where I will actually, I, I guess I call it intuitive coaching. So where I'll talk to the person and whatever is on their mind about what's coming up, I just open the platform up for them to just share. And then whatever comes through me, I share solutions and different perspectives. And so that addresses the conscious mind. And when we address the conscious mind, that gives us a sense of security because the conscious mind wants, it likes to know what's coming. It wants to feel safe. It wants to feel like it's in control. And so that's a way of here are some practical ways that you can implement these changes and healthier behaviors in your life, healthier thinking patterns. But the real meat of the healing happens in the subconscious. That's, it's like the backdoor approach. So, um, and that's where you, you wake up and it's like, Oh, that's just not there anymore. Yeah. And I love your intuitive coaching. It, it was wonderful. And I'm, you know, I definitely ask you for help when I'm feeling it. I just think it's cool that, that's not the only thing you do, right? It's much bigger than that. And, um, very cool. I really love it. So can you talk a little bit about when you were feeling like you wanted to do more than just draw the patterns and like sell them at the fair and do the uh, blueprints for people? Like I remember there was that definite feeling of, okay, now I'm ready to do or now I want to do the healing as well. Um, my passion has always been to help people and connect with them intimately. Um, I've never been the kind of person to like do online seminars or anything, which is kind of funny because I'm doing an online interview right now. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so just putting that together, this is outside of my box. 
Um, I really like to connect with people very personally. I like touch. Um, it's And it's about that giving. It's about, I, I guess what I want more than anything is for everyone here to feel acknowledged. Every single person that walks this planet is special. It doesn't matter what decisions they've made. It doesn't matter if they've murdered. It doesn't matter if they were bodhisattvas. They are all equally lovable and worthy. And um, so that's, I really wanted to connect with people on a more intimate level. And I've been yearning for this for years. And I've, I've tried doing healing sessions and some of them were successful and other ones that just drained me because physically I just wasn't healthy enough. My lower chakras weren't strong enough. So now, um, now they're strong enough. I, it was back in the spring that I um, was, I received a message that I was ready to start moving on and I was a little nervous I was like really are you sure that I'm ready for this and they said yeah and I said well I'm still feeling a little bit you know I'm still feeling off with my lower chakras and and the message I received was don't don't be concerned about it because the healing work that you're going to do you're going to draw clients to you that actually have the same things going on as you so when you heal them you're actually healing and restructuring your own DNA and I was like, okay. So I just went with it. And my goodness, some of the most profound healing has happened to me this year in working with different clients, including you both. I think it's been two times I worked on you, or I think that's what it is. And both times they were profound and you were going through the same thing as me. Um, you were paralleling and just a little bit different story. And it, it broke through for me as well. That's really cool. I find that as well. You know, when I have my clients um, for coaching and various sessions, it's just, it's always what I need to hear. So I'm just channeling for myself, basically, and the other person is getting the benefit, but they're almost like a placeholder for my own growth. And I just, I love that. So thank you for acknowledging that. And, you know, thank you for moving forward, even though you didn't really feel ready. Because a lot of us, even if we don't hear a voice or something, we get these nudges to go in certain directions, but then we go into doubt and fear. Um, and it sounds like your patterns kind of can help you move through that in an easier way. But this is a good, I guess, validation for people. If any of you are listening and you've been feeling that nudge to move forward with something new or something different, then there's really nothing to lose, right? Like, if you had started and you felt like you couldn't do it anymore, you could just stop. So fear is just a story. It's, and, and yes, it's uncomfortable and it's fear is scary, but um, it really is just a story that wants us to believe it because it's, it's, it's a way it's a biological way to protect us but that's like an outdated operating system we really don't need that anymore um, we're moving into another reality where another reality is being created as we speak um, and so when we the moment that we make a decision is when our life changes and begins to conform to that decision so really all it takes is a willingness to open doors and they open and yes, it's going to be uncomfortable and the fear, it's, it makes us stronger and it won't always be there to that degree. Um, but it's, I think it was Louise Hay that said, feel the fear and do it anyway. Mm -hmm. And it's 
the honest truth. And every time I've walked through it, it's been, it's been scary as can be. And then when I'm all done, I'm like, dang, that wasn't all that bad at all. I'm okay. You know? Yeah. You know, I always, um, I, you know, I watched, I watched this show a couple weeks ago, Top Chef. And it's on Hulu. I love it because it's like nonviolent and it's fun and it's creative. Um, but in this episode, the people would get a time advantage if they jumped out of a plane. And there was one guy who didn't want to do it. He's afraid of heights. He just couldn't get over it. Um, and he ended up winning the season and then jumped out of the plane, right? Because he was high on that adrenaline of winning. And of course, he said it was the best thing in his life that had ever happened to him. It doesn't always work out like that. But I just really love when you have this intense fear. I mean, just debilitating fear. And then you walk through it. And it's like, you know, like you're saying, oh, that wasn't that bad. Or that was amazing. I can't believe I didn't do it sooner. You know, I, I look at all of us. We're each like a well, right? And we're full of, of different emotions and some of those emotions are very full and vibrant life force and others are more dim and dense and not as fruitful for us and so if our well is filled with a lot of fear and we continue to indulge in that fear then that's all that's ever going to be there is fear and so we're going to create more fear but when fear comes up and we decide to acknowledge it as a story and a story only, and we move through it anyway, allowing ourselves to feel the fear. It's not to deny it and say that we don't have it, but it's to say, yeah, a little scary, still moving forward, I'll be okay. <sighs> Panic attack, okay, that's cool. Let's just keep moving, breathe in a bag, you know? <laughs> I've done it. And what happens is that fear diminishes and light comes into that well and it becomes lighter. And so what happens is you start creating this lighter reality for yourself. And this is how it becomes exponential because when you have this lighter reality and you have another fear pocket and the well comes up, well, now you have more light. And so that fear doesn't feel so dark because you have more security over here, more of a sense of self. And so you walk through that and then that aspect fills with light and so forth. And then you become very strong and you move through things very quickly. Mm -hmm. It's that whole idea of getting comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. Right? Eventually you can become a little bit more comfortable dealing with the fear and walking through it. You do. This, this has been, um, I have to say this has probably been one of the hardest years for me. I've been tested in so many ways in my personal life. I mean, some of the hardest ways that I just would not wish upon anyone. And, um, I've just never felt so strong emotionally and mentally. And um, while there were many times where it was terrifying for me and I had sleepless nights and anxiety attacks and um, just, uh, just so many times of wanting to give up and I, I just couldn't, I had to keep moving. And every time I would break through something that well would become full of more light and, I'm at this place now where the scariest thing in my life is now like, right, what control do I have over it anyway? Either way, I know that I'm going to be, I'm always going to be happy. I'm always going to be provided for. 
I'm always going to love myself and be my own best friend. And so I'm always going to create the best for me, no matter what. And I, the larger part of me always knows what's best for me. And so I surrender to that. And I know that if something doesn't work out, then something greater is happening. And, and I just, cause I just, it's, it's exhausting trying to control everything and figure it all out. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't work. No, it actually makes it harder. And those things that we do want, we actually push back. So. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, happy Equinox also, I forgot to say. Thank you. You too. It's definitely a powerful one. I woke up immediately, felt changed. Like I just woke up and I was like, yep, here it is. I'm a different person. <laughs> yeah. I feel much more integrated. It's like yesterday and previously I have felt a bit of tension between different parts of my personality and what I'd want and any kind of projection of the future that my mind would make up. And then this morning I really felt, Oh no, 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 they're all there. I have room for everything. And it was beautiful. It's definitely, um, welcomed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's been a, it's been a big day for me too. Yesterday was a big bubbling up for me a really big bubbling up. So yeah, this, this today is completely different. I feel like I emptied out a lot last night. Mm. Wonderful. Having me on the show, I appreciate it. And I, I also really um, have appreciated the work that I've done with you or or that you've done with me rather. Um, That's both. (laughs) Yeah. um, I just, I really appreciate the information that you brought forth for me. You also have an amazing ability with uh, intuitive coaching and all. So I really appreciate the light that you've brought into my life. Well, thank you. Likewise. Yeah. I'm just so happy that we met and became friends and it's really been wonderful. So if people want to get in touch with you, they can go to your website, Chasm Effect. um, And just tell us what you have there and what you offer. So on chasmeffect.com, I have, um, well, first of all, I talk about what the chasm effect is, how I came up with that name. That's really important because that's what all my work is about. Um, and I have all of my sacred geometry templates, a whole gallery and a description of what each one supports. And um, I have a gallery of all the ones that I've done for previous clients for their personal blueprints. I have my healing work on there, a description of how that works. And, um, I also have my sacred geometry clothing on there. And, um, I also post upcoming classes. I teach classes as well on, and I do group sacred geometry downloads and healings in those. Beautiful. Awesome. Do you have any closing words or anything that you just want to leave people with? Um, I just really appreciate all of you listening to me. And um, I hope that this has touched you in a profound way. And I wish each and every every one of you utmost bliss and ease and grace in your lives. And I love every one of you very deeply. And um, I just, I I wish you all the best. We're all in this together. And um, I guess it's just really important to know that those things that don't feel good in our lives, it's not real. It's not, 
it's not who we are. It's a story. And so to know that because something doesn't feel good, it doesn't mean that we're not good because we are all good by nature and we all are equally deserving of love and we all will be extremely successful here no matter what. So that's it. That's very beautiful. I love that. Well, Desiree, thank you so much for being on the Intuitive Art Show. And I hope everyone goes to your site and checks out your work. It's really beautiful. Goes to your classes, gets a session. And um, and I will talk to you again soon. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Everybody, thank you for coming. And I will talk to you next week on the Intuitive Art Show. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thank you so much for watching. If you're new to Intuitive Art and you've never done it with me, go to intuitiveartacademy.com for your free class. You'll learn how to have a conversation with your higher self in three easy steps. That's intuitiveartacademy.com. And if you're already a pro or you've done the free class and you want to learn more about creating abundance from your purpose, go to workyourpurpose.com and you'll watch a free video series all about what it takes to create a purposeful income from doing what you love. All right, enjoy and I will see you later. Bye-bye.